Welcome to the Day Luna Human Design Podcast, where we discuss all things human design and how it can support you and your spiritual journey. This is not a one-size-fits-all podcast. We are here to inspire awareness about how we are all different and help you answer the questions of who am I? What am I here to do? How am I here to do it? You can thrive and live the life of your dreams just by having awareness of your true self. So dive deep with us, get inspired, and start living your life on purpose. Hello, and welcome back to the Day Luna Human Design Podcast with your host, Dana and Shana. We are I'm so excited. We can't even tell you <laughs> to be back here, to be recording. I feel like it's been a million years since we've gotten to do this. And we're just here. We're ready to kind of dive into the downloads that came from Bali. We want to share with you all of the amazing expansion that happened for us, all that shifted in that time. And since we've gotten back from Bali and then traveling in Japan, and then we've gotten home, we feel like we came home right into this kind of like eclipse portal. We had the solar eclipse and then the lunar eclipse just now in May is when we're recording this. And when we got home, it was like, boom, back into (laughs) the depths of being home and navigating that eclipse. And honestly, it was a challenging energy to navigate, I think, you know, just a lot of big stuff stirring up and kind of the ending of cycles coming and that transformation. So we've just made it through to the other side of that eclipse portal. And now we're just feeling so ready and excited to drop in with you all and to share all of our updates about our Bali trip. Yes. That eclipse portal was no joke for me. The solar eclipse, I got COVID and I was Mm -hmm. so sick for about 10 days. First time getting COVID. And first time being sick in like seven years. So I just was wrecked. Um, yeah, that's crazy. That's I a know. long time. Isn't that insane? I know. And I I was really sick, like literally sleeping until four every day and then could not function, like brain fog, just so bad fever, bad everything. It was really rough. So getting through that, then it really just affected me physically. And then, you know, going into this lunar eclipse with all the emotions coming up and just really facing them, holding them. We worked with, you know, our besties a lot with working through this energy. And that felt so grounding and so good. And now we are on the other side of it. And literally, it's insane to me how real the energy shift feels yeah. like so tangibly and it's it's like not a mental thing it's not something that i could think my way out of and i think that a lot of people resonate with that with this energy being so intense and then feeling this like this lift happen and i think that the more that you tune into your own energy the more that you decondition the more that you have awareness of the transits and the cosmic energy around you the more that you feel these cosmic transits and have like they really do their job if you will of you know bringing forth that transformation or those shifts and if you don't have awareness you might be attaching it to 
things in your life and blaming people or blaming yourself or, you know, blaming your job or circumstances and having awareness of the transits and your own energy and how that's being affected. It just gives you this whole other lens of like, wow, I'm really feeling this and I don't need to blame my partner Mm -hmm. or my husband or my, you know, self or anyone. Like I can just let myself feel this, but it did feel like being in a pressure cooker. For sure. So intense. Yeah, I know. It's so crazy. When I was flying home from Japan, Jared and I, we were flying through the airport in Japan while the solar eclipse was happening, like literally at the moment that (laughs) was the peak of the eclipse. And all of the screen, and it was becoming Mercury retrograde the next day. And all of the screens in the airport were down. And there's like lines that were down and around the corner. And there was only two people working and everyone was running around and it was literal chaos. And like everyone in the airport was like fighting and you could just feel this energy. And I was like, wow, it's so crazy that whether we realize it or not, this is the collective unconscious, these cosmic programmings that's, that's conditioning us that we all feel. And I think a lot of us too, we numb out feeling things in general. And the more numb that you are, the more you can kind of go down that slippery slope to numbness and numb out your sensitivity to cosmic programming, but you still feel it in this like unconscious way, right? So the more aware you become, the more you're opening yourself up to feeling these subtle realms, which feels intense, but it is actually the blessing that we need it to be. It is actually the the highest form of, I want to say drama in your life. And the reason I say that is because my stepdad always reminds me, you know, from like a reincarnation perspective, like life is all about the drama. You know, it's all about the relationships. It's all about learning. It's all about challenging yourself. And, you know, if you can see life like a movie or like a game and just be here for the drama of it, instead of trying to avoid making mistakes or trying to be perfect all the time, we feel a lot more in touch and in flow in life. So I feel like, you know, when you're aware in this way and you're open yourself up to these subtle realms and you feel these astrological transits, that's the drama in your life, but it's like the highest expression of it. It's helping you grow. It's helping you ask the deep questions that normally you don't get an opportunity to ask yourself, you know, through that same lens. So I really felt that this time, like I was like, okay, this is a lot, but how can I just be here in this moment, asking those deeper questions and being here for all of the juice that this is for me? Yeah. And I think it just provides that grounding of, oh, okay, this is a shit show like at the airport, (laughs) right? Everybody's like losing their heads and, and it's super chaotic, but I have awareness like we're in a solar eclipse and it's mercury retrograde. So let me just breathe through this and not have to feel like this is telling me something about my life or my partner or like I hate traveling with this person, things like that, that I mm-hmm. think maybe 50% of the people in that airport were probably thinking like, I'm never traveling again. Traveling sucks. <laughs> um, yeah. So it just gives you this like groundedness of life and allowing and and surrendering. So that that time is done. And now we're in this, this spring. I feel like now it's spring. Mm-hmm. And I know that it's been spring for a while, right? It's like mid-May, but I feel like now it's energetically feels like spring to me. Um, and I know that people are listening to this all over the world. So wherever you are, it just feels like a new season, right? A new chapter is beginning. And 
yeah, everything just feels easier already today. Mm -hmm. This weekend when we had besties and we had our reader call where we met with our students who have taken the reader training and, and got to answer their questions and connect and talk about their businesses and how they're wanting to apply this information within their business or with clients. We freaking love those calls. So fun. But when we were meeting with them, my husband was doing things around the house, like fixing our shower head and, and our water pressure and um, just things that have been on our to-do list forever that we haven't gotten around to. And now today I'm here by myself and he's at work and I am just loving my home. I'm loving my space. I'm loving being here. I took a shower this morning. The water pressure was amazing. And I literally cried because <laughs> I had this realization that part of the reason why I felt like maybe we're going to move, like when we have kids or, you know, go somewhere else was because, and this sounds so stupid, I don't enjoy showering at this house because the water pressure, like it takes me so long to shower and get the soap out of my hair. And that sounds so trivial, but it's like the small things that mm -hmm. really make a difference. It's like showering. It's such a big part of all of our lives that we all do all the freaking time. And I wasn't enjoying that part of my life. Mm. for the last four years. And so this morning when I took a shower and it was just like, this is what I feel like when I'm in a hotel and the water pressure mm. is amazing. And I love showering when I travel. I love showering when I'm at other people's homes. I have great water pressure. And now I have that bit of joy in that small place of my life. That's actually not that small. It's a big part of my daily experience. And now I have just that much more joy. And it just made me feel like, okay, that is what life is about. Like that, it didn't mm -hmm. cost any money. Like literally Brian went in there, tweaked things around and fixed it. Yeah. I'm like, how did he do that? Well, <laughs> there's like a thing in the shower head that like restricts your water here in California oh. that you can take out. But, uh -huh. the, and it's supposed to be saving water, but the thing for me is that it it doesn't because I'm taking a longer shower because the water pressure is so low. So I'm taking like a 45 minute shower to get the freaking conditioner out of my hair versus yeah. taking a 10 minute shower because the water pressure is strong enough to actually wash it out of my hair. So it's like, you know, you got to be kind of smart. Whereas like Brian, <laughs> you know, since he can't really speed up his shower speed since he takes such a fast shower already. He just turns it to a different setting now on the shower head that has less pressure. So mm. anyway, so we're still being eco-friendly. I would argue more eco-friendly, but taking that little plastic thing out and like literally took him 20 minutes, 20 minutes brought 50% more joy into my life and into my day. And so I'm really feeling like this time is about prioritizing joy yeah. In the ways that you are empowered to do and that maybe have been on the back burner, have been yes. on the like, I'll get to it when I have enough energy or enough time or enough resources or enough whatever. Finding those little things that you can <laughs> prioritize over those big things, like the big project that I want to do or that big you know, conversation or that relationship or that goal. But like, what are the little things that you can do to bring more joy into your daily mm -hmm. experience 
that's kind of the question I wanted to start off with in this conversation because that those are the places that make the most impact and also are kind of like things that we don't talk about in in this like spiritual world, right? Totally. And as you were speaking, I mean, Taurus season vibes, but as you were speaking, I was thinking it's like a metaphor for finding joy right where you are right? Instead of feeling like, oh, I don't like this thing about my house. So like, I need to move or like, I need to like go to a hotel or like, you know, like feeling like I need to jump ship because there's something that is bothering me that I haven't addressed, but addressing that thing and actually putting in that effort when you are empowered and facing that thing and changing it is like a way to really stand in those little things that shift it and actually help you find joy right where you are. Yeah. Instead of feeling like you need to uproot everything because one thing is off. It's like, what can we fix right where we are in this moment? And I think that that's a really powerful message. And I've been feeling that too recently because it's come up for me. Like, do I want to move? Do I want to be in a different place? And you know, when I do something small, like invite a friend over for their birthday and cook them a meal at my house and clean and just make it like literally making joy right where I am. I just feel so much fulfillment and it takes away that like grass is always greener. It's never enough kind of feeling and makes me feel so whole and complete, like exactly where I am over cleaning and a meal. Like those are (laughs) simple ass things, but when we use them in the right way and see them in the right perspective, like they really do create that sense of wholeness, right? Exactly where we are. Yeah. It's almost like addressing these unconscious sides of ourselves. Like I Mm -hmm. unconsciously was searching for like, oh, let me go to a place that feels like, you know, whatever good water pressure. Um, I didn't realize that I was seeking that out until I had this experience this morning in my shower. (laughs) And so I love that example of a meal and a friend over and cleaning those things literally that we do every single day eating and cleaning, I feel like is a big part of our freaking daily experience as humans on this planet in this 3D world. Finding that joy and that that eating and cleaning part of life. Um, I love that. Yeah. And I was going to say, I've been thinking a lot about how like the littlest things can become an act of self-awareness and self-love when you are looking at it through seeing yourself in this greater awareness. Like we just did a mini course all about your cognition, your greatest sense in our besties online membership this month. And we did these rituals that you can do for self-love and like for cleansing and clearing your life and clearing your space based on your greatest sense. So Shana's is smell and mine is inner vision. So you have one of the cognitions. And it's so funny how just connecting in with something, you know, in our physical life that might be mundane, like for you smelling a candle or whatever, like that's such a mundane, I put in quotes, activity. But when you're doing it with this level of self-awareness, it transforms any small act you do to actually create meaning in your life. And it's so, I think so much when we're looking for meaning and purpose, we look for it in all of these big places. We look for it in like the worldwide accolades or, you know, needing to travel internationally, which for us, you know, coming from this big international trip and then coming back home, adjusting to settling into the small moments instead of those big moments. I just think it's really interesting how 
you can transform any action you do in those small moments when you have that that level of really knowing yourself in that moment and being conscious of why you're doing it, how you're doing it, why you're doing it for yourself, why you're showing up in that moment or not. That act of extra consciousness and awareness like literally transforms the power of that moment. Mm. Yes, yes, yes. As you're talking, I'm like, oh my gosh, there's so many things that I want to mm-hmm. smell in my home. Yeah. <laughs> like fresh laundry, or I just found this dried lavender from Trader Ooh. Joe's, which Trader Joe's is so every I know. time. VIP. I've been ordering my groceries now for like four years and you can't order them from Trader Joe's. And now it's a part of my my ritual. Okay. I say now, but it's been two weeks that I've been going to Trader Joe's once a week. So I've gone wow, twice. Wow. You've um, been going to the well, store? I've gone, I've gone twice to Trader Joe's. Wow. Um, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> this is breaking news. Trader Joe's is legit. It's so fucking good. Um, but I found this dried lavender there and I've been putting it all over the house because it just smells amazing. It obviously doesn't die and it just, it looks beautiful the whole thing. And it's just giving me, it's enlivening my smell cognition. So, okay. This has been a huge rant about (laughs) tourist season on Banat's Fest. But that, I guess the message, the, the prompt to start this off is the small places that you're empowered to find more joy in your life and noticing what joy feels like in your body, because it's different for every single person. And yes. it depends on your chart, depends on your type, your open centers, your defined centers, your conditioning. I've been seeing so many things online lately about conditioning growing up super religious and how religious PTSD feeling like mm-hmm. um, every act of joy makes in that kind of PTSD, uh, every pleasure is a guilty pleasure. And feeling like that in your body and, you know, my own experience with that, noticing that, but also not giving my power away to conditioning and saying like, oh, because I had this conditioning now, this is some story that I have to work through. But instead kind of noticing what is joy feel like in my body and how can I lean into that more? How can I notice it when it comes up for me? And for me, it's been in different chakras of my body and feeling this, this energy there or this expansion there, but then tightness coming in of like, oh, well, how can I control this joy? And where can I, what can I do with it? And how can I make sure that I have more of it? Or, you know, this like tightness coming into my body, but instead choosing to like notice the tightness and then have more expansive, just like, oh, it's enough for it to just be expanding in my body in this moment of joyfulness. So that's the second prompt that I wanted to talk about is like empowering yourself first, empowering yourself with finding joy in the small moments. And then second, noticing what joy feels like in your body. And just, that's it, just noticing it. And that awareness alone will help you to decondition and make more space in your body for more of that because you understand what it feels like and you can hold that joy without having to give it away or control it or judge it or whatever. Yeah. And the fact that joy and pleasure 
are just such a natural part of our human experience. You know, when we take, when we use our senses, when we interact with the world around us, like it's so natural, I think, to allow joy and pleasure to flow through our bodies. So the fact that we've been conditioned away from that just is mind blowing. And actually reclaiming that is a huge act of shifting your vibration and the vibration of the planet around you. So these are like tourist season nuggets of wisdom. I'm into it. It's so good. And yeah, I love that we started off with, you know, because we came onto this episode to talk about Bali, to talk about this international travel, but we've been home now for two weeks, or I have been home for about two weeks. So it's, I love that we started off with talking about being at home and the small moments and the small pleasures and kind of going back into what we wanted to share with Bali. You know, we wanted to just kind of share the inspiration that came from there, a bit about the experience. I mean, it was so amazing. I feel like Bali is one of the most incredible and special places I have ever been. And I just feel so, so, so grateful for the way that our strategy and authorities led us to be there, for the way that like our higher selves and the divine guidance has led us to be there. The fact that we got to meet with the group of amazing women that we got to meet with there for our deconditioning leaders of the new paradigm retreat. I mean, the fact that all of this happened in the place and in the land of Bali, it really colors the entire experience for me because Bali is such a magical and special place. So we wanted to share a bit about traveling there. And we also wanted to share some of the big downloads that we received in our time together with our Bali retreat family. We wanted to share these downloads to see if it feels good for you to integrate these into your life, because these are kind of the big things that we took away from this that we're going to be infusing into our process as we move into continuing to bloom in the spring and into summer. These are the big themes that we're just so grateful for. So first of all, when we went to Bali, we were we went early. We weren't expecting to go as early as we did, but we kind of had to because of the flights that we booked. And we ended up kind of on accident being there for the Balinese New Year. And that was so special. It was amazing to be there for that because all of the the people that are living in the towns, they go every single day as the days are leading up to that Balinese New Year. They go in and have ceremony and uh, are giving offerings every day and have, I think, like a series of many ceremonies that they're doing. And to see the people around us that were working at a resort, the people we were connecting with, going out every day and engaging in the ceremony, like you could just really feel the level of devotion, you know, of everyone really being so into this, these ceremonies that they were doing and preparing for them and the intention that goes into it and the intention that goes into gathering together for these ceremonies and the colors they wear and, you know, every single facet of the way that they host ceremony just felt so intentional. Like you could feel, I felt like I could literally feel the frequency in the air of all of the people coming together to celebrate and give their devotion to the universe and to their life and to God and to their spirit. And you felt like you could almost feel the nature, the trees and the animals in nature responding to the prayerfulness of the people. I mean, it was like palpable. You could feel it in the air. Yeah, it, it was. I have full body chills just hearing you say that because... 
it was an honor to get to witness and observe just the reverence for the, the whole island, all of the people, every single person that we met, every time that they shared their traditions, their customs, their uh, ceremony, the meaning behind it with us, which they were so excited to tell us about, they would have full body chills or tears come to their eyes. Like it was just so palpable, like you said. And and then observing the the island and the nature and the the trees and the birds and animals responding in kind with that on Nyepi, the new year, they have no pollution of any kind. So you're not allowed to leave your resort or hotel or Airbnb on that day. There's no driving that's allowed. There's no commerce that's allowed. There's no light pollution that's allowed. So even at your resort, um, all the lights are off and you have flashlights. And the idea is to have a full day of no pollution towards anything. No light pollution, no noise pollution, um, and having a day of silence. No, you know, not speaking and also not consuming, like watching movies or shows or working of any kind. And it was amazing. I was mm-hmm. obviously the whole time we were like, I wish that we could do this globally where we mm-hmm. could have a whole day where there's no no pollution. And really, you know, honoring that, preparing for that. If you need to get supplies or get things into your home, doing that beforehand and seeing how how it was so honored. I feel like if we did that here, there would still be, you know, people needing to go to work or having to, you know, whatever, because commerce and and capitalism is such a huge part of our Western society. Mm-hmm. Um, but them telling us, you know, if you go out on the street and disturb, disturb the stay of silence, you will be banished. Is what we were yeah. told. <laughs> like arrested and banished from Bali. And just that level of protection for the sacredness mm-hmm. felt really good. And that's another theme that I've been really sitting with is like the, the surrender and the, the, you know, getting on the frequency and the vibration of love and compassion and connection and also the fierceness of like, of, of like, don't fuck with my vibe. Mm-hmm. Protecting the sacred, protecting your protecting peace. Protecting the sacred. Yeah. And that fierceness, we also mm. really saw. Ooh, I just got goosebumps from you saying that. That yeah. is beautiful. And we saw that there yeah. with... Uh, on well, the night before Nyepi, the fire war ceremony that we went to was freaking wild. Amazing. Yeah. So the Amazing. night before, the night before they have this New Year's day of purification and day of silence, they have a, a day where they do ceremonies that kind of are loud and that call in different spirits to kind of draw all of like all of the negative energy out and kind of, so they do different practices in different places, but they have the Oga Ogos, which are like these beautiful art, but they're like these different creatures that 
um, represent, you know, kind of negative energies or wild energies. And, and we got to witness fire war, which is a ceremony where these young men in the village, they light these coconut husks and do like a ceremony war dance with these flaming fire coconuts. And it's wild. They have like music playing and um, drums and, you know, kind of the opposite energy to hold the polarity. And that's another huge theme that a lot of people shared with us when we were in Bali is having the harmony and having the balance and honoring both sides of the spectrum in everything, right? Honoring both sides of silence and also like noise and loudness and chaos. And, you know, having those honoring both realms brings us into harmony. So that night before when we got to watch the fire war, it honestly, I feel like it was one of the most amazing things I've ever gotten to witness. I feel so grateful for getting to observe it. And we were not expecting it because <laughs> people were telling us like, oh, you guys are really lucky to be here for Firework. Like you're welcome to go down and observe it. Like we're happy to share it with you. And we're like, wow, thank you so much. But we weren't really sure exactly what we were going to be witnessing. Because so of we... the language barrier <laughs> the whole time, the first like day that we get there, our driver is telling us fire war. And we were, we didn't, we, I guess we didn't know what what fire fire war war was was. like that fire (laughs) war is even a thing. Right. And so we're like, oh, fireworks, fireworks. Okay. And so then we said fireworks fireworks? like in, in the sky, in the sky, like fireworks. We did a hand motion and he's like, yeah, we're like, oh, okay, cool. Fireworks. And then the next day, somebody else was telling us about it. And it sounded like they said fire walk. And we're like, oh, so not, not like fireworks exploding, um, like walking, like walking on fire. And they're like, yeah, we're like, oh, okay. So walking on fire. Awesome. We're so excited to, to see it and be a part of it. Like, thank you so much for telling us. And then the next day, another person was telling us about the fire war. And we're like, oh, fire war, like fire dancing and, and fighting with fire. Like a sword and, on fire. And they're like, yeah. yeah. And they're like, yeah. And so we then go to, and of course, our super Western asses were thinking that it would be like very, like a fire dancing type thing. And so when we go to observe the ceremony, they light these coconut husks, like a pile of coconut husks on fire, like flaming blue, like so hot. And everyone's standing around these piles and it's getting warm. And we're like, okay, this is really hot. Like maybe we should move. And then these young men come in and they run through the piles and they pick them up, the husks, and they throw them at each other. And it's not a choreographed thing. It's not a contained in any way thing. And it was fireworks because there were like literal flames in the air and sparks in the air. It was a fire walk because they were literally walking on the running through the fire. And it was a fire war where they're like fighting each other, throwing these husks at each other. And they do it until the coconut husk cannot be reignited. So once they would go through the piles and be chucking, then they would pour gasoline on them again and light them up. And then they would keep going. And it lasts for about, I would say an hour, 
where they would keep doing that until they tried reigniting them and there was they were just ash. There was nothing to ignite anymore. And the of course, the shock of it, we were we were like, are we safe? Like people got some husk to the face. It was very dangerous. But also the other end of that spectrum of allowing these the the wildness, the the rawness, the fierceness, the realness of it all, allowing a space for that to happen of of I don't even know. It was so healthy. It was so healthy and so needed. And it was like letting the chaos out before this day of silence. Right. Yeah. And I think it really speaks to, you know, a lot of people there shared with us, we have all of these different sides of ourselves. We have all these different facets of ourselves. You know, we all have chaos within us and rage within us. And we also all have compassion and peace and bliss. And it's like through expressing all parts of ourselves in this very intentional way, we like transmute that energy into the highest expression. And you could really feel it. Like these young men that were participating in this ceremony, they were just so alive and present and in it. And you could really feel the way that they were like building this um, just honoring and reverence for each other, even though they're like, you know, doing this war, like you could feel that it was really an act of like coming together and really expressing that energy, like for their whole community and all of the community comes around and watches it. So it was amazing. Like we just felt so grateful that we got to be there. It was such a special thing to be able to observe. And then the day after having this very contrasting energy, right? The other side of that then is that day of silence, the day of purification. And what we were talking about with the nature really responding, like an amazing example is that the whole time we had been there for about a week and it had been really, really, really hot and sunny and it rainy season had been over. And then on this day of purification, we're like sitting out and looking out at the jungle. And then these, this thunder came and the rain came and this amazing, epic rainstorm came like the, one of the biggest rainstorms I've seen in a really long time. And it just washed through the land and it felt like life and nature and, you know, the nature there responding with this, it doing its part in this like sacred purification. And it just felt so special to witness that and to witness like that true feeling of intentional purification being mirrored and met through life and through nature around. Yeah. And I think, you know, for us coming in and just being observers of this and not knowing the full history, not knowing, you know, every single intention around this culture, but being able to see see it through our lens of just being observing and and having reverence for the traditions and the ceremony and just being kind of bystanders that are being allowed to witness this. I think the only thing that we can really speak to from our own experiences and perspectives is the power that we observed and the full spectrum, uh, honoring the full spectrum of that like wildness, chaos, 
uh, those lower, if you will, energies with, you know, the Oga Ogos being the scary monsters that are pulling out any negative energies to then be cleansed and having this day of silence and purification. And that being, of course, in this external way of what, with the whole island, but also this internal reflection of all having that within us and letting ourselves feel the fullness of, of our life. So it just brought forth a lot of reflection and reverence of a new way of, or a a different way, I should say, of living, having traditions, having ceremony, having connection and community to uh, raise your children with and to serve and honor and, and, you know, connect to, and then also the internal side of that and, and how that, how that looks reflected within. So there was just a lot of, we're, we're just so deeply honored to be able to witness it. Yeah. And I think that by far the thing that stood out to me the most of traveling there was getting to meet the different individuals that we met there. And I just want to express that I have such a deep gratitude for the warmth and inclusivity that we were shown. Every new person that we met, if we were curious about things and we asked about what your ceremony is and how does it work and why do you have it on the full moon or the new moon? And people were just so warm and open and excited to share with us. And I just felt so deeply grateful to receive that warmth. And, you know, with our group, when we did our retreat, one of the days we went to this really amazing waterfall temple where we did like a purification ceremony and, you know, being able to be a part of that and to be welcomed in, welcomed into that. And it just was such a huge gift and i really took away that that warmth and that compassion and like the feeling of being welcomed with open arms you know and that seemed to be kind of like an overall feeling that we experienced a lot with a lot of different individuals we we met and i just feel so grateful for that and really changed by that and it made me want to bring that energy even more with everything i do you know showing up in that way and really that has been one of my new mantras to myself is, you know, having open arms to everything, to every person, to spreading that warmth, to spreading, being excited to teach and share. Like it was just such a beautiful reminder because I felt so touched and moved by that. Yeah, absolutely. And getting into the retreat, first of all, I'm in love with Bali. I'm in love with Bali. I'm in love with Bali. I want to go back like as we left, I was thinking, okay, how and when am I coming back here? And I really just, I I fell in love with people. I fell in love with the nature. I fell in love with the, the traditions and customs. I fell in love with the food, just everything, everything about it. Um, so, but the retreat, of course, just like Costa Rica, this was once again, not knowing, you know, when you go into hosting a retreat, you don't know all the people coming and um, what the container is going to feel like. And it was amazing. It was amazing. It was a dream come true. Every single person uh, really just dropped in with us. And I think that that's what I love 
so deeply about human design and about this container that we've built with Day Luna or that Day Luna just is. And the people that through using your strategy and authority, the alignment that just naturally happens when you all come together from a place of alignment and honoring yourself and your truth is that every person that came, we were able to drop in so quickly, releasing egos, releasing uh judgment comparison and nerves of, you know, okay, I don't know anyone here, but I flew, you know, 20 hours or more to come be here. And I'm in a different country with different culture. And that's nerve wracking for a lot of people. And so the ability for every single person to just release their ego and show up and share and be vulnerable and connect and hold space for each other was my dream life. It was it was awesome. And I think that human design creates that container because I've been in a lot, and I think a lot of us have, have been in a lot of like, I put in quote, spiritual community containers or places. And there's so much ego. There's so <laughs> much ego of like, I am the most spiritual or I am the most evolved or I have all of these accolades or whatever. I have so much that I need to teach you. And there was literally none of that in this space. And same thing in Costa Rica. The difference though, being that in Bali, it was focused all around deconditioning Mm -hmm. and Whereas Costa Rica was a training, right? To learn human design. So it was different, but still no ego, an openness, a a desire to learn and really show up with such vulnerability. Yes. And that's so true. I was thinking the exact same thing when I was thinking about the frequency of this group. First of all, literally every single human that came to that retreat, I'm in love with. I'm in love with every single one of them. And I fell in love with them in the first five minutes that I met them (laughs) because there's just exactly as you're saying, there's no blocks between us, right? And when people have showed up into a space with alignment and then they show up in that space with authenticity, it's like all of the resistance and invisible blocks that we feel so often in the real world are not there. That is what living in alignment and being in your authenticity does. It creates energetic ease. It creates the harmony that is actually our natural state of being. And those blocks, that resistance, that friction, that sandpaper feeling of connecting with people is happening when we are not operating as our true self, when we're not allowing ourselves to be really authentic with how we show up and with what we're saying and the way that we're saying it and the way that we're engaging with other people and exchanging our energy. So to be in a place where everyone has shown up in that place from using their strategy and authority, and then also to be with these women that have been following their strategy and authority for some time, are really living their authenticity. Like these are literally the individuals who are leading the new paradigm. It's anyone who is standing in their authenticity, anyone who is striving to move through life as their truest self and really allowing that to be the doorway through which they share their gifts. So to feel that frequency is amazing. And taking action then on what their authenticity or their 
their individual self is, what their truth is saying. I think that's the other part of it is that feeling your strategy and authority, feeling your truth, that is you being a leader in this new paradigm and then taking action on what your authority is saying. And in this circumstance, like isolated event, that was getting on a plane and flying all the way across the world and shelling out all this money for a retreat and literally not knowing anyone or what you're going to be doing there. And you talk about jumping off a cliff and taking a leap of faith and then being met with a space that has zero resistance because every single person involved did the exact same thing. It was just amazing. Yeah, so true. And we have I have so many lessons that I've been gifted from that experience and from meeting each of the women that were at that retreat. Like I feel genuinely changed and moved by observing each one of them in all of their glory and all of their beauty. And of course, before we met them, we looked at their human design charts and wrote a personalized uh, deconditioning workbook for each individual, which (laughs) we don't know why the hell we needed to do that, but our strategies and authorities led us down that road. And we wrote an entire booklet a big one for each 140 (laughs) pages for every single person. And before that, I felt, you know, with every word that we wrote, create our whole team coming together to create those workbooks. I already fell in love with all of their energies, looking at their gifts, looking at their cross of incarnation, feeling the way that all of our energies would come together. But then actually being there, I just feel like I have so many takeaways. I've been devouring the deliciousness of being able to integrate everything I learned and feeling so grateful for all the individuals there. But we also wanted to share some of like the five big things that we came that came from our time together as a collective. So that first one is really what Shana said about when you say yes to investing in yourself, when you say yes to something that is really calling you with your inner authority, something big, right? Something a little bit scary, but that you know is right for you. When you say yes to that thing with your strategy and authority, it is an initiation that uplevels your life, period. And it's like this feeling of you can never go back from that up level, right? It's an entire new step in in your evolution. And I just wanted to share that because I think that for so many of us, you know, we've been in this time of rest and reflection and with these eclipses, it's this portal of change, but it's important to just slow down and reflect and, you know, maybe not take big action in this last couple of weeks. But in general in life, there might be this big thing that's calling you. And it might be traveling. It might be starting a project. It might be, you know, buying a house. It could be anything. But just knowing that when you say yes to that big thing, simply because your authority is pointing you there, not because you know it's going to work out, not because you in your mind it makes sense, not because when you tell your family, they totally accept it. Because definitely so many individuals shared that when they came, their families were like, wait, where are you going? And what are you doing? And have you met any of these people before? And what is human design? So it's not that it's always going to make sense, but it's like, if your strategy and authority is guiding you there, just knowing that one decision can radically change your level of your life. 
And I think that that's so important to know because when we think about our future path and we think about about our evolution and our growth, it can feel like this long and winding road, like what's how's it all going to work out and where's the map? But when we release all of that and we come back to this one decision right now, if we can really trust ourselves and do one choice in alignment, just that one thing is enough to completely change our path and to put us on a whole new level, to get us unstuck from a place that we had been feeling stuck before. So my big takeaway that I wanted to share in your life is observing how just one choice is something that can change your life and giving that the full credit and reverence that it deserves. Yeah. And you know, nature favors the bold. That's something that I think a lot of us have heard before, but it's so true that when you take risk, when you take a leap of faith, um, but you're really trusting your body, your in- your intuition or your authority that this is right for you, you will be met at that level because you're literally up-leveling. So this is your signpost to like whatever that big thing is, whether that's a project or a home or a business or quitting your job or or whatever that is, a relationship. Noticing, is this fear stepping in and stopping me um, or delaying me and saying, oh, I'll do that next year or after this. But really trusting yourself because literally nature comes in to support you and meet you there and help you grow even further. Yeah. And when we talk about being in alignment and following your authority and how that creates ease, I think that that can be a little bit misleading because it's like, oh, it's always going to be easy to follow my authority. It's always going to be easy to trust my authority and make these big decisions. You need to be brave as hell to really follow your authority genuinely in this lifetime. So that bravery, that boldness, that level of courage that comes straight from your heart and soul, that is actually what creates ease in your life. And I think that when we have this, you know, idealistic view of ease, it's like, oh, I shouldn't have to ever be uncomfortable to get to that level of ease and flow in my life. But actually pushing past your limits of comfort and being courageous and bold and brave and even doing it when it feels scary and awkward and weird that is the thing that creates that ease in your life. And I think that that's really important to talk about. Yeah. And the more that you do it, you increase your capacity to to do it again, if that makes yeah. sense. Um, yeah, because, you, do. you know, even with us, it sounds super like, wow, dream life. Like you get to go and host retreats and, and travel and, you know, do these amazing events. And it's like, yeah, that's true. But, but there's also the bravery that mm-hmm. is behind that of, you know, mm-hmm. it's scary going to a country that you haven't been before necessarily and hosting an event. And there's so much work that goes behind that. And of course, you know, from other podcasts that you might've listened to, we really get down with the mm-hmm. details <laughs> of making it super fucking nice and well thought out and thinking about every possible thing. But there's that other side of it that that worthiness that can creep in or a lack of worthiness, if you will, of like, who am I to host an event and hold space for 22 women? Who am I to lead in this way or, or do this 
this thing, you know, when that time is getting closer of like, okay, we're going into this and there's so many unknowns. It is a commitment to being brave, being bold, knowing your worth and trusting that your strategy and authority led you to this thing. And so you're doing it and you don't know why and you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know who all is going to be there and you don't know how it's going to play out and all the things, but you're showing up and you're being bold and you're trusting it. And you know that the divineness is going to come through you, through the space, through this thing that you are creating. And of course, I'm talking about this in the sense of a retreat, but that same Everything I just said can be applied to literally anything, whether that's starting a family, starting a business, um, you know, starting a project, starting a relationship. It's that deep trust and surrender and boldness and braveness that that is needed, that is required. Yeah. And the more that you do it, then it's like that that increasing your capacity to hold, that's been a big theme that I've been noticing in this deconditioning journey that we've now been on for seven years. Of The more that I decondition, that I listen to my strategy and authority and follow through with that boldness and braveness, it's so much... I feel like I have so much space within my body, within my energetic body to feel emotions and to not feel rocked by them, to um, see different perspectives or hear different insights or have different experiences and not feel like it's going to trample my whole world or my whole life or, or whatever. Like I feel like my capacity to hold has grown so much yeah. that it's it's like unshakable. It's my, you know, I have so many open centers. I only have my throat, my G center defined and my open centers, the capacity that they have to hold just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And that it hasn't been something that I've tried to do. It's just been a byproduct of using my strategy and authority and deconditioning because I've been doing that, it's like, I feel like I could freaking hold space for the whole freaking planet and not feel like, oh, I need a boundary or I need to protect myself or I need to whatever. It's like, I don't need to protect myself because it's it's this infiniteness within me that's not scary anymore. Yeah. So that's been another big lesson. And I think that it's reflected through, once again braveness, boldness, holding space, taking action on what your strategy and authority is saying, and then having this trust. And then the byproduct is like, oh, I am okay with my bigness and I'm okay with being scared. And I'm okay with not knowing what the fuck I'm doing. And I'm okay with knowing exactly what I want and not being afraid to claim it. Like there's, I'm okay with all of that within myself because I have this confidence because I've been experimenting with my strategy and authority and proving it to myself. And now my mind and my body are on board to like, okay, let's keep going. Yeah. I love that. That's so powerful. And I think that capacity to hold something and not be shaken from your core, not be shaken from your center, but to have that confidence in this is who I am. This is my consistent way of navigating. This is my my center. And being so connected to that, that you're willing to face fears. You have a greater capacity to face fears. You have a greater capacity to show up and do things that are scary. 
It's beautiful. It's so beautiful. And okay, so moving on to this kind of goes right into it. The second tip that we wanted to offer up, something that really came to us through observing our collective experience is take up space, right? This was a huge theme that we observed in these individuals and these beautiful women that we were sharing this space with is be okay with taking up space. I think for so many of us that identify as healers or light workers or individuals who just really want to help and be of service, we can spend so much energy caring for others and listening to others and holding space for others and being there for others when they need us, but we can feel like it's difficult to allow ourselves to take up space. We can feel like nobody wants to listen to us or what we have to say is going to be a waste of time for someone to listen to when you as this uh, you know, healer kind of individual or light worker being you would listen to people all day long and you realize that that's a powerful, loving gift that you're willing to give. Are you willing to receive it? And, you know, in our circle, we really focused on allow yourself to cry in front of others, allow yourself to be messy and not have the perfect words to explain what you're trying to say in front of others. Take your time. We are all happy, more than happy to listen, to be here with you as you cry or as you laugh or as you share. And that was such healing medicine to witness is like, you know, it feels like, oh, I'm a burden if I allow myself to really have my full process or my full experience in front of others. But as a healer and a light worker yourself, opening up that ability to be received by others and to trust that others want to receive you when you are being yourself and living in alignment and authenticity that is healing. That is potency. That is something that brings so much more balance into our lives. And it's so funny, you know, when we think about giving and receiving, these two things are one side or one side of one coin, each a side of one coin. And if we're not able to receive, we really actually limit our ability to give in the end, right? We're going to be giving in a way that's not sustainable. And, you know, on the other end of that, if we're only ever taking in a way that's not balanced, we also are not able to really give in our highest expression. So finding that level of balance and knowing that your message is needed. People want to hear you. People want to witness you. People want to observe you. You just being yourself and going through your process is literally a gift that heals other people. And that is something that we saw so much in our circle together. Yes. So noticing when you want to cry, but you, somebody walks in the room, so you stop yourself. Noticing when you want to literally express in any way, but you stop yourself. Where are you editing yourself? Because you don't know how your partner or your friend or your family or your neighbors are going to react. That can be a really good place to look at where you might be afraid to take up space and be seen. Because you are meant to be felt. I know we've talked about this a lot on the podcast. You are meant to take up space and be felt by others. And it was obviously so healing to be in a space where was it was designed. And that was a big part of our intention with this retreat, designed to take up space and be seen and felt and heard by others. Um, so I love that. And yeah, I think that that's that the little ways of where you can take up space is so 
powerful and something that I'm definitely going to keep leaning into even more. The third thing that we really took away from this, uh, third download, if you will, is honoring yourself as a generational cycle breaker. How noticing and observing how you are healing this trauma that you have passed down through your lineage, really understanding your relationship with your family of origin and understanding the level of consciousness that they were operating from and the level of consciousness that you're now operating from by doing this work and embodying this change, um, honoring your truth. That was a big theme in this time of really seeing and giving a voice to your family of origin and what your experience was and knowing that and seeing how we all have such similar experiences. We had one evening where we her afternoon turned into evening where we shared <laughs> our 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 experiences, our childhood experiences, why we felt that we chose our parents and the karmic relationship that we feel that we have with our parents. And it turned into the evening because we we all had so much to, to share and say. And it was really beautiful to witness the similarities that we all have in our pain. I think going into that, we all felt a sense of aloneness of you know, this trauma that I've had, like nobody could possibly understand and hearing it, saying it, and then hearing other people have the exact same emotion or trauma or experience or thoughts about their emotions and trauma and experiences made it so much easier to let go and see the gifts that were there, see the the wisdom that was there in those experiences, why we chose those experiences coming into this life. And it just made it so much easier to get the wisdom out of because we really got to hear it and share it. And I think, you know, out of the retreats that I've been to and spiritual containers that I've been in, there isn't enough space. The container's not held enough for that to fully be shared and witnessed by everyone there. And I'm so glad that we did that in this retreat because there were things said that I felt like, I can't believe I just said that. And then hearing other people say, I'm so glad that you said that because I felt that too. That exchange is a quantum moment of healing that Mm -hmm. I think everybody there felt. And then giving yourself credit of like, oh, okay, I just healed some major generational trauma. And so we're not saying that you needed to be at this retreat to do that. We're saying that having that, you know, way of being able to share, whether that is with your friends or your family or your community, taking that time to like really hold a container and say like, anything said here is okay. And is not meant to trigger trigger you or myself. Um, like, let's really like, why do we feel we chose our parents? And 
or even just saying your truth of how you're feeling with your authority and your life experience, like that alone can help shift just by being witnessed by someone else. Yeah, so beautiful. And I think the big thing, I think probably most people who are listening to this podcast right now resonate with wanting to have a higher level of consciousness than their parents raised them with, right? Wanting to heal, wanting to let go of patterns that are not serving our highest good and not bring that into the future of their family line and their family lineage. And if that's you, I think it's so important to take a second and give yourself gratitude. Really thank yourself for showing up and for being someone who wants to heal your ancestral lineage, heal your future lineage, through having this level of healing. Like it's so, so important to just honor that. And I think sometimes we can feel like in this life, am I doing enough? Am I making a great enough impact? And I think that really being honest and finding true healing in your family of origin and deconditioning from the patterns and you know limiting beliefs and ideas that didn't really serve who you really were from your family i think that that's one of the most impactful things that we can do for the world around us right for future generations that we influence and also because time is not linear we are influencing our ancestral line that came before us when we do that in this moment so i really encourage you to bring that into your next cycle is just giving yourself credit and being really grateful for your ability to have this shift in consciousness because perhaps in your ancestors' lineage, they didn't have the option. They didn't have the opportunity. They weren't able to focus on healing and focus on their awareness. And the fact that you are and that you're choosing to step up to that is so beautiful. And we really celebrate you. And I hope that you can really celebrate yourself. So the next point that we want to talk about, the next big download is that choosing to go into this emotional realm, choosing to dive into our deconditioning and really dive into the depths of our healing is not always fun. I put in quotes. It takes a lot of energy to really choose to go down and to feel and to really dig deep into the depths of yourself, into the depths of your experience. And for so many of us, the fact that it's not easy, right? The fact that it takes up space is the reason why we kind of avoid doing it. And we read all of the self-help books and we do all of the things, but we don't actually take the energy that it takes to go deep down within ourselves and feel who we are and express that and allow ourselves to work through and find true healing and true resolve in those deep places. So if you have been choosing to do that and you've been choosing to do that deconditioning work, giving yourself grace and giving yourself space to just focus on that. You know, when we do go into these these times where we're really focused on our healing, it might feel like forward progress is being halted in our career or in what we're building. But just knowing that when you take time to slow down and really be with your healing, that is actually the most productive thing that's going to help you reach your highest path that you're here to reach. Because if you avoid doing that healing, 
your path is going to feel stuck and it is going to feel slow. And you're going to wonder why these same patterns are happening over and over again that you haven't really been able to heal or let go or change or shift. So just a big reminder here to give yourself grace and space and know that even when things feel slow because you're using your energy to really fill yourself within, that is perhaps the best and fastest and most powerful thing you can do for your path of purpose and for your path of rising. Yes, I love it. It's it's diving in deep and letting yourself really see what's there and you might surprise yourself. I think that this time, you know, with 22 other women, there were a lot of surprising things that came up and a lot of surprising emotions, a lot of surprising need for more space or more sharing or more laughter or more crying and not having it so set in stone of and rigid of like, this is what healing is supposed to look like, but letting yourself dive in, see what's there and be surprised by what comes up. And then having these tools once again with human design to be able to say, okay, this is how I can navigate this in the highest way of alignment for myself, um, working with my energy versus against my energy. And the last uh, download that we really wanted to share was this message of of being a way shower for other light workers, other healers, for other people in the world just by having love and acceptance for yourself and then being able to extend that to others. It was so powerful. I mean, kind of touched on that in the beginning of really being able to see each other without the judgment lens or the comparison lens because we have human design to know that we're all so different and unique. So automatically holding that space, but knowing that you are a leader when you hold that space for yourself of saying, this is how I'm different. And this is how I make decisions differently. And this is why I have a passion for this or that because of these gifts that I have. And these are the things that have been holding me back. Your ability to go in and see your shadows or your lowest expressions of things and have love and acceptance for them and transmute them by deconditioning. That is like the highest form of leadership, I want to say. And that is being a leader in this new paradigm. So giant permission slip that like what you're doing right now, listening to this podcast, under like receiving these downloads. If you're listening to this, you already have a passion for using your strategy and authority. What you're doing right now is being a leader in this new paradigm energetically for all of the people around you. So it's, you are enough. Like Mm -hmm. this is enough. And that message, I think we all need because it can feel like there's so much that I need to do. And it's like literally in this moment, this is enough. Yes. And understanding and acceptance and love, these themes are the themes that are going to heal the world. And these are the themes that you create within yourself. 
And when you create those themes, understanding yourself, accepting yourself, loving yourself, the way that you get to then effortlessly shine that understanding and acceptance and love onto others is mind-blowing. Like literally, it gives me chills to think about the individuals that I've seen be beacons of that and how when you go on that journey within it's so, so special and powerful, right? I think that they're the most powerful things that we could be talking about is understanding yourself and others, accepting, truly accepting yourself and others and really having love for yourself and others. Like, this is why we're here. This is why we do everything that we do. And to be able to see it in ourselves and in this sisterhood and to see our sisters shining it upon each other and to see the individuals that we connect with through this podcast, wanting to really hone that realm of accepting and loving themselves and then extending that to others. It's so important and it's so special. And if we ever need a reminder of what we're doing or why we're doing it, like for me, it's those things. Like you can feel the cells in your body activate and shift when you say those words, when you feel those frequencies, like that is what we're here to cultivate and infuse into everything we do. It's our greatest gift. So yeah. And I just want to say, we haven't even talked about this, but some of the biggest highlights in Bali were our breathwork ceremonies that we had. Breathwork is... I mean, I think this whole retreat was bringing together the modalities that we have really seen help you really decondition and face your fears, face your your conditioning or the things that might be holding you back. And breath work is such a huge tool that just helps you to to heal in a single hour, you know, session. And I, everyone listening who was in Bali, I'm, I know you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <With breath work. laughs> it was so powerful and getting to hold that space for everyone and facilitate that healing was one of the, the most important moments of my life, I feel like, because it was so powerful and so insanely amazing to get to see and hold that space for 20 women in in, in in the healing that came forth. So breathwork, huge. Sharing with, letting yourself be seen and sharing with people in a, a safe space, letting yourself cry and really say all your shit, huge. Being met with love and acceptance for how you're different and how they're different from you, huge. Really, you know, seeing how you're increasing your capacity to hold things, huge. One of the things that I really noticed right off the bat when we got to Bali was my healing with bugs. Like I went to Bali years ago and I still obviously had a lot of bug trauma and tightness around around bugs. And that was one of the things going into this. When I left Bali the last time I my biggest thing was like, I loved Bali, but there were so many bugs. There's just so many bugs. Like it was, I was ready to to leave. And this time, genuinely, I was saying there's no bugs. Like, I don't know why, but there's not, there's not bugs. And like there are, but it feels fine. And it feels, it feels easy. Like I was easy with myself, with 
those bugs. And it was honestly just another signpost of the healing that I've done and the capacity that I have to be in a space that once was uncomfortable for me. And now it's like, oh, that was literally no big deal. So this has been a long conversation about a lot of random different things. And I hope that whatever download you needed to hear in this moment reached you and was just a signpost to lean in more in that space or the kind of inspiration to this next level of healing or deconditioning that maybe you need right now. Um, So giant permission slip granted. And we definitely want to have more retreats. We just don't know when yet or what that's going to be. But I'm feeling the pull because every single time it's been just so... Just that feeling of this is my life. Mm -hmm. Um, So maybe that looks like we have a retreat center in the future. Maybe that looks like our next retreat is in California. But honestly, I could go back to Bali and have a million more retreats there because it was just so amazing. So for all the people who have emailed us since like, when are you having another retreat? I want to come to another human design retreat. I know that human design retreats are, are definitely in our future. We just don't know what or when yet we're going to follow our strategy and authority and see what that is. But I can definitely see us having some sort of facility or thing in the future not sure what though. So it's it's percolating. It's there. And it's so healing. I'm just so grateful for human design. I'm so grateful for the magic of this planet and the people on this planet to be able to connect and learn from each other and have those still through lines of wisdom and healing within our own experiences, even though they're vastly different circumstances. I'm really grateful for the bravery um, that I'm really observing in uh, sisterhood right now and in brotherhood and in being able to show up for yourself and in doing so showing up for others. I'm really grateful for just the liberation that happens when you are bold and that human design just is in general for every single person on this planet. So thank you for listening. Thank you for being on this human design journey with us. We have so many things in store as far as podcasts go. So many things that we want to talk about. So many uh, just different wisdoms and, and you know, the human design rabbit hole is never ending. So, so many things that we want to teach on this podcast. So stay tuned for more episodes. We are back and we are ready to dive in deep and go find the joy in the little moments this week. We are sending you so, so, so much love. Yes. Thank you so much for tuning in with us today. And as always, you know where to find us on Instagram at Dayluna. And you can check out all of our offerings in many different ways to dive into your human design journey on our website, daylunalife.com. We're super excited about all of the new students that we have coming into our online human design reader training been amazing to see you all coming in and learning more about human design, feeling really called to share this wisdom with the individuals in your life to become a human design reader. So if you're interested in becoming a human design reader, you can check out our reader training on our website as well. And 
Thank you so much for being here today. We feel so expanded and grateful to be able to connect with you all again and to share these stories and to hear how these different downloads apply to the things that you've been really feeling in your spiritual journey. So don't be a stranger. We love hearing from you on our Instagram and hope you have a beautiful day.